0: Hoping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. I've talked before about the rise of the police state in America. While the roots of this tyranny have been around for decades, it has recently found fertile soil, leading to its rapid growth over the past few years. But where is this unconstitutional evil getting all its power? There are several sources from which the evil draws its power. They have a a criminal funding mechanism, criminal surveillance, repressive policies, and, of course, willing accomplices both within government and without. By far, the greatest source of power for the police state is the apathy of the American people. Unwilling to learn the truth, the majority of the people believe the lie about the powers of government, leading them to their own enslavement. Just as Gulliver was able to break the bonds of the Lilliputians, I hope that by awaking the American people, they too can break the bonds of this police state. We break those bonds by refusing to continue to empower the police state and learning to say no to their criminal enterprises. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. We return the Constitution to its rightful owners, we the people, so that we can use it to overthrow the chains and bonds of these little putian government tyrants that are claiming the power to enslave us. Oh, they don't use those words, but that truly is what they are talking about that that truly is the effect of their power and and one of the most evil of their uh their attempts to to uh, empower to empower themselves and enslave the american people has to be civil asset forfeiture or simply civil forfeiture in some of the laws the the way the, that the government actually finances law enforcement the, the law enforcement profits from allegations of crime without actual oh i don't know evidence you know sometimes it just gets me the more things change the more they stay the same you see several years ago i wrote an article about the battle of athens in athens tennessee in the article i showed the corruption of the mcmahon county sheriff's department uh, where the sheriff and his deputies did not actually receive a salary but were paid for everyone they booked incarcerated and released This perverse incentive led to deputies routinely boarding buses to quote-unquote fine and jail passengers for any alleged violations they could come up with. Now, when subject to this corruption, many GIs returning from World War II, well, they were led to challenge the corrupt sheriff and other county officeholders. This challenge led not only to an embattled election, but an armed uprising in an attempt to restore the rule of law. Now, if you don't find this story of corruption compelling, consider this. The same basic system of corruption in the McMinn County Sheriff's Department exists today across this great country. Now, while the McMinn County process did not have a a name, the 21st century version does. It's called civil asset forfeiture. Now, every so often I see another article about this evil practice I call it evil because it not only violates the rights of the American people, but common sense as well. What is civil asset forfeiture? Well, according to the Wex Legal Dictionary from Cornell Law School, we read, civil forfeiture allows governments, typically the police, to seize and then keep or sell any property that is allegedly involved in a crime or illegal activity. Did you notice that word, alleged? Allegedly? I have more on that later. Now, an apparent holdover from English law, civil forfeiture was used during prohibition to seize property of bootleggers. However, in the 1980s the War on, and the War on Drugs, Congress passed the Comprehensive Forfeiture Act of 1984, which reads, um, The Comprehensive Forfeiture Act of 1984 amends the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Statute, or RICO, To specify that property subject to forfeiture for racketeering activity includes all proceeds obtained directly or indirectly from racketeering activity and real and tangible and intangible personal property. Now, the stated goal of the act was to prevent drug cartels from using their vast ill-gotten gains to in their legal defense. Now, while the idea of preventing criminals from benefiting from their crime seems laudable, as is so often the case, the consequences can be truly terrible. You see, the Comprehensive Forfeiture Act also included the Equitable Sharing Program, whereby state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies could receive a share of the proceeds from federal civil forfeitures. Is this really any different than the McMinn County Sheriff's Department paying deputies for arrests and bookings? In both cases, law enforcement has a financial interest in finding crime. This perverse incentive, though, led. The McMinn County Sheriff's deputies to shake down anyone they thought could pay their fines that they they imposed. During 1945 and 46, thousands of GIs who were returning home from the war were stopped by law enforcement and fined with no due process. Today, we see examples of law enforcement seizing cash simply because they think carrying around large amounts of it is a sign of criminal behavior. It's not just cash, though, since law enforcement has seized cars and homes because a child was selling drugs, without the owner's knowledge or consent. While many of these egregious abuses of our rights happened under state civil asset forfeiture laws, others use federal law and the Equitable Sharing Program to line their own pockets. Now, to understand just how evil civil asset forfeiture is, let's look at how it's described in the Wex Legal Dictionary. As I've already quoted, civil forfeiture is the government seizing property they allege was involved in a crime or criminal activity. The Wet's Dictionary goes on to say, Owners need not ever be arrested or convicted of a crime for their cash, cars, or even real estate to be taken away permanently by the government. The government does not have to charge the property owner with any specific crime in order to seize the property and must prove only by a preponderance of the evidence that the property is legally forfeitable. Yeah, that's right under this perversion of justice not only can government seize property of an end of an innocent person they don't even have to charge them with a crime this by the way is a blatant violation of the due process clauses of both the fifth and 14th amendment the fifth amendment states no person shall be deprived of life liberty or property without due process of law and the 14th Amendment says, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. What is this due process they're talking about in the 5th and 14th Amendments? Well, from the Free Legal Dictionary, due process is an established course for judicial proceedings and other governmental activities designed to safeguard the rights of the individual. Now, if you're wondering why I use the Free Legal Dictionary for this definition, rather than the Wex Dictionary I've used so far in this article, in this episode? Well, the answer is simple. The Wex Dictionary doesn't define the term due process, only how the courts have interpreted it over the years. Since in most civil asset forfeiture cases, property is seized in a manner that is not designed to safeguard the legal rights of the individual, the actions of those involved violate due process. How can they get away with such a blatant violation of the Constitution? Well, they claim to do it by charging the property, not the person. Continuing from the Wex Dictionary, such, proceeding in, such a proceeding is conducted in rem against the property itself rather than in personam against the owner of the property. For this reason, civil asset forfeiture case names often appear strange, such as United States versus eight Rhodesian stone statues, because the property is the defendant. That's right. The government doesn't charge you, even though they're taking your property. They they charge your property, as if it has done something illegal. To show you just how ridiculous this is, the Free Legal Dictionary defines a defendant as the party against which an action is brought. Furthermore, the Free Legal Dictionary defines a party, in this context, as a person. Yet the government isn't charging a person, but an inanimate object. So there is, not, there is no party to bring legal action against. The abuses of civil asset forfeiture continue since the burden of proof, the preponderance of evidence, is in fact a fraud. See, back to the What's Legal Dictionary. Preponderance, uh, under the preponderance standard, the burden of proof is met when the party with the burden convinces the fact finder that there is greater than 50% chance the claim is true. Now, In many of the cases I've reviewed, the evidence is nothing more than the word of the officer versus the defendant. For example, in one case, a U.S. citizen and retired Marine was stopped for a minor traffic violation. When the officer searched the vehicle with the owner's consent, he found over $10,000 in cash. When asked why he had so much cash on him, the person the officer had stopped stated he did not trust banks. However, the officer claimed to believe that the reason the person was carrying so much cash was for illegal activities it was literally the word of the officer versus the word of the owner and guess who word was given more credence if you guessed the officer you'd be right this doesn't even meet the preponderance of evidence standard since no evidence of criminal activity was discovered by the seizing officer Without a warrant, an exigent circumstance, any real probable cause or evidence other than the officer's gut, the victim of this traffic stop was robbed of over $10,000. How can this not be a violation of the Fourth Amendment's Unreasonable Search and Seizure Clause? Which reads, The right of the people to be secure in their purses, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Now, I wish I could say that that this was an unusual event in America today. Numerous groups fighting civil civil asset forfeiture list hundreds, if not thousands, of examples of this legalized theft every year. Now, while the officer may not have directly and personally benefited from the crime, his department most likely did. Whether because the seizure was made under a state law or because of the federal equitable sharing policy, from the victim's point of view, however, these are exactly the same. How is this any different than the McMinn County Sheriff's Department simply charging them and finding them without any evidence? Sadly, the abuses of civil asset forfeiture do not stop with the seizure itself. Back to the Wex Dictionary after property has been seized, the burden of proof shifts. To the owner who must prove that the property was not involved in, or, and, or, nor obtained as a result of illegal activity. See, now that you have been deprived of your property without any due process, the government expects you to prove that the property was not involved in or obtained from illegal activity. This twisted bit of logic is called proving a negative. Let's look at this from another context. Say you are accused of beating your spouse. How do you prove that you've never beaten your spouse? Most likely you can't, because without having evidence of your entire life from the time you met your spouse until today, there will always be a shadow of a doubt that it happened when others weren't looking. That's why, in America, you were supposed to be considered innocent until proven guilty. Yet here we have a simple allegation of wrong. Turning the entire justice system against the defendant by simply claiming they are now accusing law enforcement of criminal activity. Imagine any other situation where, without any real proof, you were considered guilty and now must prove your innocence. See, this was seen. It was during the Reign of Terror after the French Revolution, where a mere denunciation was enough to convict someone unless they can prove they were innocent. Now, what was the outcome? Of the McMinn Sheriff's Department's policies around deputy pay, well, reading an article on the bat, or quoting an article uh, from the American Heritage Magazine on the Battle of Athens, we find deputies routinely boarded buses passing through and dragged sleepy-eyed passengers to the jail to pay their $16.50 fine for drunkenness, whether they were guilty or not. Arrest ran as high as 115 per weekend. The fee system was profitable, but record-keeping was required and the money could be traced. It was less troublesome to collect kickbacks for allowing roadhouses to operate openly. Cooperative owners would point out influential patrons. They were not bothered, but the rest were subject to shakedown. Prostitution, liquor, and gambling grew so prevalent that it became common knowledge in Tennessee that Athens was, quote, a wide open. As I stated previously, When the G.I.s returned, they were subject to this corruption. In response, they began running for county office. The campaigns were heated, uh, the rhetoric caustic, and the election was manipulated. Legally appointed voting monitors were arrested. Legal voters were turned away, while illegal voters were allowed to vote. Ballot boxes were confiscated, then taken to be secretly counted by the very election officials accused of fraud. This led to an armed group of veterans demanding an open count of the votes. After a significant battle, including both firefights and the use of explosives by the GIs, fraudulent tally sheets were discovered where the ballots were being counted. Now, What can we expect from the criminal funding of law enforcement via civil asset forfeiture? I would hope we would see the light before the people are compelled to defend their rights with arms. Recent events would suggest, though, otherwise. Did the legal fines McMinn County deputies collected cause the election interference? Not directly. But the interference was to elect officials willing to continue the shakedown of Americans by law enforcement. Have the criminal abuses of civil asset forfeiture led to the election interference we've seen over the past few years? Again, not directly though it has been used to keep government actors who support not only civil asset forfeiture, but a myriad of illegal government actions and programs in office. Since the corruption of McMinn County, Tennessee in the 1940s was overthrown by a group of armed citizens bent on protecting their rights, does that mean that it will take another armed group of American citizens in the 21st century to restore rights to the American people? I hope not. The problems in McMinn County did not start in 1945, but back in 1936, possibly earlier, with the election of a corrupt sheriff and other county officials. The corruption metastasized over the years through a combination of neglect and expectations that well, someone else would fix the problem. Only when a group of Americans decided that their liberty and that of their families was worth the fight did it change. As the people, of the united states continued down a similar road as the citizens of mcmahon county did over 70 years ago i have to wonder will we realize that our neglect and apathy what it may cost us before it is too late as patrick henry said is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery Now, if you like the article I was referring to here, uh, I I wrote this article. It should be available on americaoutloud.news in the next few days. So check it out. In fact, I recommend you go to americaoutloud.news every day. Find news and information. But just as the apathy is destroying our nation, we need to do something. One of the things you can do is to actually share this information. Find the stories like this, the articles, the, the podcasts, the videos. Find those that have great information and share them. See, it's not good enough to simply know there is a problem. The people in McMinn County knew there was a problem, but few, if any, did anything about it. Well, that was until the G.I. showed up and they took arms to take back their rights. If you want to avoid armed conflict, I suggest you share this information and help se- secure the blessings of liberty. So stop being a patient and start being a student at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and we're talking about empowering the police state. We talked in the first segment about civil asset forfeiture, this absolutely insane criminal uh, program by which... Um, government actors claim the authority to take property simply on the allegation that it was uh, or the assumption, the the gut feeling in some cases of the uh, uh, of an arresting officer or, or other times to take the property of an innocent person for the criminal activity of someone else. this is this is crazy, but it is going on right under our noses. These Lilliputians are trying to bind us down with this ridiculous law, and all we really need to do is wake up and stand up and break those chains. But Americans seem to refuse to do it. Well, this could also be evidenced by the fact, you realize now it has been 10 years since Edward Snowden revealed the unbelievable scope of domestic surveillance by the federal government? The the complete... Contravention, the, the overturning, the the ignoring of the protections provided by the Constitution of the United States. Ten years. And there's been no significant pushback on this blatant infringement of the rights of the American people. In fact, if anything else, I'd say it's expanded. I mean, look at the abuses of these, these secret courts and secret warrants and and secret spying on American citizens, including, by the way, presidential candidates, the pres, the sitting president himself, and many of the people in his circle of orbit. And during all this, the the Congress is still negotiating. Hmm. Do we re- uh, Do do we update uh, uh, what's called Section Seven O Two of the Foreign Inter- Intelligence Surveillance Act? The uh, the the claim to grant the US power to collect in, uh, information um in violation of the 4th amendment now they try to play games with well you know it's uh um it's uh, uh you know we're collecting it on on foreigners we're not collecting it on on uh, domestic uh intel you know domestic people it, well except that's been proven to be a lie because I don't know about you but i'm pretty sure donald trump is as a U.S. citizen. But it's even more. See, the Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure. It doesn't say the right of U.S. citizens, it's rather the people. You have a human right to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures. And what we've found is not only does the, the, the court say, well, all right, we'll issue this against a, a foreign, but then again, if that foreign person calls or emails a U.S. citizen, well, we got them then and use that to come after us. And again, We've seen it used not for legal issues, not for uh, 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 national security, but for politics, to get rid of a, a political adversary. Now, as with so many things, uh, Section 702 uh, started actually back in 2008, and it was done out of fear. We remember in 2008, those of you who remember 2008, we were still dealing with the fear from. Uh, uh, you had the, the, the 9-11 attack. Uh, we still expected another terrorist attack. And, of course, the entire intelligence operation was was working on fear. And in our fear, we sat back while government said, hey, how about we 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 spy on foreigners? Now, most of us said, okay, you're talking about spying on foreigners. We're not too worried about that. So we didn't say anything. But as always, man, you have to look at the details. You have to look at what's inside. And when you look at what's inside, what do you find? Well, you find this can just as easily be used to spy on US citizens, on you. All it takes is, is somebody to file a uh, a a request to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court looking for a secret court, looking to a secret court for a secret warrant because they make some claims often as we found, not substantiated by anything. These are the powers of the police state. And these are the powers, ladies and gentlemen, that your representatives in the United States House of Representatives, the people you hire to work for you, can't make up their mind if they want to fix this thing or not. They can't make up their mind if they're going to, oh, I don't know, prohibit funding of 702 warrants. Um, if they're going to actually prohibit funding until the intelligence community actors who have violated 702, who have violated the warrant requirements, are actually held accountable. They're doing nothing. They're, well, granted, there's a lot of things they can be working on. But this one seems to me, no, nah, th- it looks like they're talking about just kicking this thing down the road, meaning we live in a surveillance state. If you don't believe me, Take a look in your pockets, in your wallet, in your actually in your purse. Uh, do you have a cell phone, a smartphone? You know, one of those things with GPS on it that is pretty much constantly sending data back to companies saying, uh, uh, you know, where you are, what you're doing, what apps you're, you're using, what data you're, you're, you know, what text you're sending. All of that goes back to, you know, uh, to these companies. And of course, all the federal government needs to do is say, hey, Google, hey, Apple. Um, Give us that data, and they frequently turn it over. In fact, anybody remember um, Liberty Safes? Now they they were caught handing over um, backdoor codes to get into people's safes without a warrant. And um, again, the interesting part was I I reached out to them and said, you know, hey, I will have you on the radio program, and uh, you can give us your point of view. And I think that'd be very important. Of course, nobody answered. I did get a response the other day from them, uh, asking. They said they've changed their policy, and they pointed me to an article and asked if if the uh, offer was still open. I said yes, the offer is still open. If you know, they asked if I would do a new article, an updated article. I said I didn't do an article. I I invite you to come on. Have someone come on and speak. I'm offering that again. You want to come on and talk to us about this new program? I will be happy to have you on for a segment. To discuss. I haven't heard back from them yet. You see, again, it's not just government; it's the it's it's these private actors who think, "Oh, well, you know, the government said hand this over; we have to just hand this over." Ladies and gentlemen, it's not supposed to work that way. See, that's literally um, uh, you know, Gulliver saying, "Oh, well, okay, I'm just going to lie here while you while you rope me down and and uh, you know shoot your tiny little arrows into my hand. I'm just going to lie here and take it." I don't have a right to stand up and say no. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the people of the United States are bigger than the government of the United States. They depend on our apathy. They depend on our our willingness to just lie there and take it while they abuse us left, right, and center. They're dependent on our capitulation to their power grabs. And as long as we do it, they, as long as we keep letting them, they'll keep doing it. But it's not just the government actors that are doing this. They have a lot of willing uh, uh, um, collaborators, uh, willing cohorts, people that are that are willing to promote this police state. Um, we see a lot of them, you know, again, in Congress. Uh, we also see a lot in state and local government. But probably one of the biggest impacts of this is, what there is euphemistically called media i say euphemistically because well there's a lot of things that are media but they they claim to to report the news um actually what they are is a propaganda arm there're plenty of examples uh uh the very same entities that went after donald trump for having uh, who for having Classified material in his Mar-a-Lago home, by the way, material that was under the control, that was uh, being, lo- was locked and behind behind locked doors, controlled by the Secret Service, um, has all but ignored Joe Biden's multiple examples, not just one location, multiple locations of unsecured documents. And the difference is, um, all of these documents were taken before Mr. Biden was president, meaning he didn't have the legal authority to declassify any of it. We see it in in, in how uh, the media covered up uh, for the the acts of not only covered up for the acts of um, his um, son Hunter, but uh, covered up the relationship between Hunter and his father. The all the evidence they claim there's no evidence. There's all the evidence. Um, we we have them claiming that no Democrat supports uh, abortion until birth, when there are numerous examples of a, of not only state, but federal uh, Democratic uh, uh, elected representatives stating exactly such a position. And in one of the latest, we have, uh, uh, I I love this, trust me, I I don't watch The View. The the View would, even thinking about The View makes me ill, but I saw this interesting article from Newsbusters about uh, an an, an edition of The View where uh, one of the chief propagandists, Whoopi Goldberg, claims that um Donald uh, Trump sent a message on a, 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 what he let's call a truth it's on his is a uh, true social network that um attacked a law clerk that threatened a law clerk now here's what i want to bring out so uh, Donald Trump expressed an opinion i don't know what the tweet what the truth said right because it's been deleted because a judge said no you can't do that you have a a Democratic operative that is a law clerk, I believe a law clerk for this judge, a judge that has, let's say, been um, one-sided in his opinions. Uh, you have a, a, a again, a, a law clerk that, um, let's see, he's uh, run for office, as he's a registered Democrat, run for Democratic office, taking money from Democratic donors. And I don't know what Donald Trump said about him, But what was the attack? Did he actually call for people to physically threaten and attack him? I don't know. I've seen no. I've seen no evidence of it. But here you have the media without any evidence, without claiming what Donald Trump said that was uh, that would attack the clerk, without giving any. Simply said, he attacked the clerk, and therefore he should be silenced. Where was the attack? What was the attack? What was the, the the evidence of the attack, or was it simply he pointed out, oh by the way, the uh, you know some, maybe he pointed out something that the uh, uh, the clerk was doing that was um, putting their thumb on the scale, so they say, in this case, and of course that was often con- that could possibly be considered attack. These are just one of many examples. What, you know, I don't want to know why I don't watch programs like the view? I don't even watch news programs. I don't. I can't take the stupid anymore. I I can't. Well, it it it's um. You know, I have to read hundreds of news headlines every day to find material for the radio program and for the other things that I'm doing. But even then, the stupid just you know drives me nuts. But I can't tell you how many people. I had somebody comment to me the other day saying there was absolutely no evidence of of fraud in the 2020, I'm sorry, that the Democrats committed fraud in the 2020 election, no matter what the conservatives say. That was his exact, those were his words. I, I At which point he was, it was funny because he was commenting on an article I wrote that had nothing to do with what he was complaining about. It actually was pointing out how um, roughly two thirds of the states commit fraud by lying to you on the presidential ballot. They claim you're voting for the actual candidate. When you're not, you're voting for electors. Uh, but I pointed out all the examples of fraud that had one certain thing in common. They were all in states and, and districts where where, where um, Biden won. And yet you claim there's none, you know, that it was a, the most secure election. When all this evidence keeps coming out, what's the latest one? Uh, up to 300,000 votes were laundered in Pennsylvania according to a, to a study. But you see, I believe this individual has been watching the news, which is putting up one side. People have been asking me lately, well, how, why is this suddenly happening? It's not suddenly happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been going on for decades. The difference now is you have other avenues of information to point out the lies coming from the media. Anybody remember Jimmy or the, the, the story of Jimmy Durante? He was in the Soviet Union, and refused to report on. I think it was maybe I got the name wrong. Uh, But he refused to report on the uh, the government-induced famines in the Soviet Union because it would make the Soviets look bad. This has been going on forever. Yellow journalism is nothing new. The wonderful thing we have in this country is now you can get the other side, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. In other words, you can you have other avenues, and you can look, okay, which one presents the best evidence? I'm not saying you should take either side literally. I should say you shouldn't question what they say. You shouldn't simply assume it's the gospel truth. We have to... But now at least you have the option of saying, "Well, if the view is saying this, can I find information to the other side?" And the one thing I wish I had found is the message, the 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 truth that that the quote unquote truth that um, uh, Mr. Trump actually put out that he was forced by a judge to delete. But here's what I can tell you: the law clerk is a Democratic candidate. Who's donated to local Democrats, who's received donations from local Democrats? And now, and again, this is why I want to know what Trump posted. It's so important because the judge says, "Hey, you can't go after my people. Well, if they if if his if his law clerk is acting in a, a an illegal or unethical way, Hasn't the judge just denied Mr. Trump his right to petition for redistrict? Not his freedom of speech, but his right to expose his right to petition for a redistrict grievance. You're saying that that uh, there's a certain group of people that are immune from questioning, from issuing uh, concerns like talking about concerns like this in a case where the person is the defendant. Uh, Does that sound like a fair and public trial where one side is not allowed to point out the flaws of the other? Especially when when the flaws happen to be coming from the bench, not directly from the law clerk? I don't know. But at least we have the chance to look. Now, listen, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, you know, one of the things you need to do if you want to live a healthy life is have a good immune system. You can support your immune system, especially while you're on the go, with Healthy Cells Immune Super Boost. It combines over a dozen immune supplements and one travel-ready gel pack. I take it, I throw it in my bag when I travel, and I take one a day whenever I'm on the road. You can find out more about this at AmericaOutloud.shop. But basically, if you go to HealthyCell.com and use the code OUTLOUD, you can get 25% off your first order. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, check out Immune Super Boost, any of their great products. Put your card together, but use that code out loud at checkout. It let's them know that you listen to America Out Loud and say thank you. Well, you get 25% off your first order. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutLoud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down. Or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study today. We're talking about empowering the police state. And it's amazing how much power we, the people, have given over to the state. Before we left, left for the last break, we talking about um, a a law clerk that uh, well, let's say Donald Trump uh, challenged or or. You know, Posted in social media about um, Something that What they were doing I don't know because I can't find the actual uh, The actual message Um, It's been Removed I talked about how the media was spinning all this And twisting all this well That's not all See right now the FBI Has quietly Created a new group of extremists You know who they are Well people who support Donald Trump what, he to, what they refer to as the Trump Army or MAGA followers, um, FBI is now targeting them because he's afraid that they will um, create major violent, threats of violence and major civil disturbance around the 2024 presidential election. Now, I want to point out something very interesting. When Donald Trump won in 2016, there were riots in the streets. They weren't targeted by the FBI. When Donald Trump, I, I, when when the 2020 election was manipulated, right? I don't know who would eventually won. Uh, mainly because the, the only proof I have that that uh, could could challenge it the the five states that illegally appointed electors, even if they had all uh, been if those votes had been. Um, Dis- disqualified as as invalid because well they weren't the electors weren't appointed in the manner determined by the legislature of the state then um biden would have still won by one electoral point one electoral vote but here we have the fbi where's the evidence of violent extremism from people who followed donald trump oh january 6th oh yeah we're The people that stayed outside actually didn't commit any violence where the vast majority of the people that actually went into the Capitol were invited in. They were ushered in. Um, Very few of them did any damage. And in fact, none of them were even armed. The only guns there belonged to Capitol Police. In fact, the only person shot during January 6th was a protester shot by Capitol Police. But yet, here you have the FBI saying, we have to create a new category of extremists. Anybody who follows Donald Trump is obviously dangerous. Is this the same FBI that created a threat uh, tag for um, people who follow a traditional Latin Roman Catholic mass? Is this the same FBI that's been going around the country, uh, breaking down doors and, and arresting people for simply being at the Capitol? on January 6th, or for uh, actually supporting a, a pro-life agenda and demonstrating in front of, you know, adv- exercising their right to uh, peaceably assemble outside of a, a, an abortion clinic? this that be high? See, this isn't the Federal Bureau of Investigation. This is the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. But again, we have them, they're going to investigate. Now, are they investigating cause of evidence? Is there a probable cause? Only in their heads. Because if you look at recent history, it's not been the MAGA supporters that have gone, resorted to violence to get their ways. It's been their opponents. It's been the liberals that have result, have gone to violence. Remember, um, it was the... the uh, uh, was the, the pro-abortion agenda that attacked pro, uh, pro-life centers, um, and, you know, pregnancy centers and churches, um, vandalized arson. And of course, the FBI didn't worry too much about that. However, if you show up at a, at, at a school board meeting complaining that they are exposing your children to child pornography, you are domestic violent extremists, according to the FBI. So now do you see why? I'd say it's so important that you know who your sheriff is, that you make sure they are a constitutionally sound sheriff. That that you ensure that they will have your back should the FBI come knocking, because well, if not, who else will? See, that's the interesting thing. With the the FBI relies on fear. The fear of what they can do, but you they 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 want you to not realize that there are people that can back you up that the the sheriff can actually arrest an FBI agent for crimes committed in his jurisdiction if the FBI comes in and and uh tries to illegally seize you without a warrant um if they refuse to leave your property after you trespass them you have call the sheriff I, you know it's it, it's funny i have uh um, cuz i i've i've game these out i've thought about what would happen um should the FBI show up and demand entry or demand search? And part of the answer is, yeah, I'm going to call the. I'm calling 911. I'm calling the sheriff's department because that's the proper answer. And I have. I've met my sheriff. I've made sure that he is constitutionally sound. That uh, uh, his his deputies are trained. Their primary job is to, is to protect the rights of people involved, not simply go along with whatever edict or mandate comes down. And I'm still trying to work with them to help enhance their constitutional training. Now, Why would I want to do that? Well, because there are threats to our constitutionally protected rights. For example, uh, San Luis Obispo County in California, their chief health officer has issued a mask and vaccine mandate that's going to go into effect November 1st. Now, this is a little different, right, because, well, states and counties are more uh, actually have a public health role that the federal government doesn't. But um, the, basically, the, this, this health official is requiring um, hospitals, long-term care facilities, physicians' offices, and emergency medical service providers to uh, get uh, yearly vaccines or wear a mask. Now, she said, well, you know, this is nothing news. I've been doing this for over a decade, except now she's added an unproven, unlicensed fake vaccine to the list. Now, I have a question. If you are a healthcare worker in San Luis Obispo County, what about your rights, right? Legally, legally, she cannot authorize this. The FDA has not approved the, uh, the 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 COVID shots that are currently available—they're released under an emergency use authorization. That means they're experimental, and under federal law, you cannot be coerced to into taking these things. You have to be told of the risks—the actual risks, the the potential risks, um, the reasonably assumed risks—and to require. To have a public official require people be experimented on like medical guinea pigs as a condition of employment, well, that's criminal. And then to require them to, if if they don't get the jab, to wear a mask, which not only has been proven to be ineffective against any respiratory disease— but there are toxic consequences of, of long-term wearing of masks that are just completely ignored. And really, if you think this is only happening in San Luis Obispo County, do you really think it's not going to happen in other places around the country? So imagine this. Now, as a, you know, my in fact, my, my daughter just came back. She went to see the doctor. Um, imagine now doctors who uh, are having their rights crushed how many of them will simply walk away? How many good doctors and physicians assistants and nurses and other healthcare workers won't put up with this, won't endanger their, their lives or their health by taking the jab and, or wearing a mask? What's going to happen to the quality of healthcare by this, again, ridiculous, um, unscientific, illegal type of mandate. And again, this is only right now in San Luis Obispo County, California. But if you think it's not going to spread through the rest of California and in other parts of the nation, I think you're 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 deluding yourself. And again, this is a county health official. How many people, how many healthcare workers in San Luis Obispo County are actually in her office saying, "What in God's name are you talking about?" and providing the data saying, "No, You you legally legally you cannot require this. And medically, you are you're you're basically uh, performing medical malpractice. Now, granted, uh, she is a doctor, but she's which means she's she's prescribing medical malpractice. You are uh, uh, requiring an unproven, untested drug as a condition of employment. You are or you're requiring the use of uh, the a, a, a an unsafe practice as a condition of employment it's time for us to to stop to stop existing under these bound these, these these binds being bound down like like guller it's time for us to simply realize they're confetti they're they're thin strings we could easily break them if we just know the truth and are willing to stand up i'm not saying there won't be consequences Especially for the first few individuals that try it. But when people in when it's not when it's more than just a few, when dozens and hundreds and thousands of people rise up and say, No, we know the truth, we know the law, and we're not going to submit just because some tin-pot dictator thinks this is the right answer. And disregarding any evidence to the contrary. And speaking of disregarding the law and evidence. Biden's at it again. He wants to take $9 billion in student debt and bribe the people with with giving it away. That's right, $9 billion. By the way, $9 billion Congress did not have the authority to appropriate in the first place, but they did. And now the president on his own says, yep, no, we're just going to pretend we're going to give you that money back. We're not going to make you pay it back. We're going to wipe it off the slate. You know what this reminds me of? The parable of the unjust steward. See, in Luke chapter 16, we read about a, a rich man who had an, a steward who was accused of wasting his goods, of criminal activity. And in response, he said, well, listen, I, I can't beg. I've got to do something. So you know what he does? He goes to all the, his master's debtors and simply wipes some of their debt off the off. He said one guy said, uh, "I owe I owe a hundred measures of oil," so he said, "Take your bill quickly, make it 50. Another one says, "Well, I owe a hundred measures of wheat. Just take your bill, make that 80. Doesn't that sound awful like like a an embattled president, who's been doing a lot of illegal things, and there's more and more evidence showing up, going, "Hey, you, how much do you owe? We'll, we'll just write this off from there." The, the this steward stole from his master on his way out the door kind of sounds like president biden stealing from the american people hopefully on his way out the door i say hopefully because i don't know if we can afford to continue to have him in in office but again he's doing this because the people are letting him get away with it um where are where are the calls for um uh, impeachment where are the calls? Where are I have a better idea. How about um, uh, someone filing criminal charges against the president for embezzlement? You can't charge a sitting president. Oh, yes, you can. Look at the Constitution. There is nothing, nothing in the Constitution that protects the president from a criminal indictment while he is in office. There are limited uh, immunities for Congress, but not for the president. See what, knowing the details, the, the actual facts, see how, how open that is? So imagine um, the American people are being uh, embezzled by the Biden administration. How about we start issuing some criminal uh, uh, complaints? Now, are they really going to go anywhere? Oh, probably not. But you know what we should do? We should follow those up with civil suits. It'd be nice. Let's get a, few, let's get a class action of the American people. Let's take $9 billion, divide it up over, I don't know, 100,000, people, and say, wait a second, you stole that money from us, you have to return it to us. Of course, that's kind of borrowing from ourselves, so maybe in the long run that's not the greatest idea. But hopefully now, maybe you're just going to start thinking outside the box. Maybe think a little differently about the, the, uh, the police state we currently live in. I keep telling people, and they they don't believe me, um, that governments, the Lilliputians, they're small, they're tiny, they don't have a lot of power. Where the American people are large, you know, the federal government has 2 million people, 2 million men and women under arms. There are over 100 million armed American citizens. Really, do you think that we could stand up if we could agree to do so together? That's the problem. Most people think they can't break free. It reminds me, you know, I I remember reading an article about how they trained elephants. They would take an ele- a, a baby elephant and they would chain them to a a stake or or, or to a tree, and they couldn't get away because the tree was too big and the chains were too strong. And then once they stopped fighting, you know what they would do is they would they would take the the same elephant and put a a tiny little rope on them and a little stake in the ground, and that's all it took. As soon as the elephant felt any resistance, the elephant stopped. It's kind of where the American people are. We are powerful enough to break these bonds, the the binds of the police state. We've just been trained to not fight, to not pull against, to to not push against the illegal actions. We've been taught to sit back, be quiet, be good little servants, good little subjects, good little slaves. And then every couple of years, they want us to go out and and vote for another group of people that are going to do the exact same thing to us. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, I say the police state we are currently experiencing, the police state that is growing exists, is empowered primarily by the apathy of the American people. And hopefully you found that little tidbit of information very helpful and very expressive, enough that you'll come back and join us here for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. All the shows go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen to your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. That all helps people find the Constitution Study. You can find the links you need at the homepage of AmericaOutloud.news. But those links don't do anything unless you share them. It It is not enough to simply know that they're there. You must use them and you must share them. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we all share the blessings of liberty.